One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello! Hello! Episode 199! That means that. What? What does it mean? Uh, next week's it's. Uh, Go on. The big 200. Oh, the big 200. We love an O, but a double O. Whoa! How are we celebrating? Well, I guess we'll just do um, the usual. We usually forget. Yeah, well, and the fact that we've remembered is impressive. <laughs> I say we, you. <laughs> I emailed you last week to say, just to give you a heads up, it's mm. going to be episode 200 in two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Thinking, maybe we can plan something special. Yeah. Which we haven't, but there is still time. Still, we've got a whole week to plan something. I think we'll do something for our Patreon supporters as well. Yeah, I think so. Now that there's some version of normality, I think uh, it's, uh, it's it's time. Yep. Um, so that's that. Here we are, episode 199. Thank you for downloading as ever. Thank you for uh, for choosing us. We know there's a lot of them out there, these podcasts these mm, days. Mm. There's only going to be more. I know. This is how it goes. Now, um, okay, I'll start with the first driftery thing that has happened to me this week. Okay. Every Friday morning, I take my son for a appointment. Mm-hmm. You don't need to know what it's for. Okay. <laughs> That's his life. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's, as I say, it's eight o'clock and... Uh, we arrive, and he goes in for his appointment. Mm-hmm. I sit in the waiting room with my laptop and headphones on, doing a bit of work. Typically, there is one other person in the waiting room when we arrive. It is the father of another kid who has an appointment. Uh, theirs is slightly earlier than ours, so they leave about 10 minutes before we do. Okay. How do, how do you think my interaction with this guy goes? You say maybe acknowledgement, a nod, yeah, and then that's it. Yeah, mm. perfect. Mm. He doesn't want to talk to me. I don't want to talk to him. Absolutely fine. I smile at his kid when it comes out. And it's all, it's all fine, right? Right. More recently, mm. the mum has starting take, to, to started taking the other boy for his appointment. Okay. And I would say for the past four or five weeks, I have found myself having a 45-minute polite conversation at 8 o'clock every Friday morning. That's not good. That's too long. And she's really nice, but our lives aren't similar. I'm not good at small talk anyway. I don't get the impression she has any appetite for it going anywhere, particularly dark or funny. Right. Nice and superficial is how she likes it. And she has plenty of chat that ticks all those boxes. Right. Right. I've said to Sarah, what shall I do? And Sarah said, you you have a chat for a minute and you say, oh, I'm sorry, I've got some work to do and I've got to put, then put on your headphones and do your work. Fine in theory, but I how can't, do I can't you, do that. I can't do it. I can't do it. Yeah, I can't do it. It's so hard. Because we have now established a pattern mm. whereby it's we, we have a chat. And, and, and this has become excruciating. It's become, gone from being something that I don't mind mm. to being something that I dread a little bit. Fast forward to this Friday, just gone. Yeah. I turn up to the waiting room. Mm. Guess who's there? The mum? No one. What do you mean no one? No one, it's just us. Okay. So I think, are they on holiday? Right. Where where are they? Is is he poorly? When um, the medical professional who my son sees comes down to collect him for his appointment, my son says... Where is, and then says the name of the, the kid who usually has an appointment, 
he is told, oh, they've actually switched switched their appointments (gasps) to after school. And you're obviously jumping to the conclusion she's sick of talking to you. Yes. She's gone to the extent of changing the appointment. No no other reason. No. No other reason. And and, and so, so now, like, it should be just relief that I don't have to have this excruciating conversation <laughs> at eight o'clock on a Friday morning. Yeah, yeah. Instead, I am furious <laughs> and slighted and insulted that she's moved her appointment because my conversational skills are so bad. <laughs> well, it's what we'd all be thinking. Must be true, right? Yeah. Okay. That's uh, that's thing number one. Um, thing number two... Well, you you know this uh, from experience. The amount of frozen yogurt I order to be delivered mm. is at this stage, I would say, concerning. <laughs> concerning. concerning is the word. <laughs> okay, I'm not talking about quantity of of individual portion size. The regularity. Regularity, right. yeah. So I I think I am ordering it certainly five nights a week, probably six. Okay. We all need a treat, Jeff. We all need a treat. This is what I think. Yeah. So of an evening, after a flop on the sofa, I order my froyo, and and somebody rings it on a moped. Twenty five minutes later, it's great. What a world we're living in. Mm. Don't think too much about the uh, <laughs> the economic circumstances that make it possible for somebody to be ferrying Froyo around a city for my benefit. Mm, don't think about that at the moment, at the moment. <laughs> Cheap, cheaply. Mm. <laughs> That's for another time. Yeah. But I, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm having, having it soft and it's, I, I think it's a little bit of a concern. Here's what I have. I have, this is very calorific, so people are going to be quite disgusted. <laughs> I think it's quite a peculiar order as well because That's it's so good. sweet. I think it's sickly sweet. What I have... Mm. Is natural frozen yogurt mm-hmm. with some white chocolate crispy balls, mm-hmm. a spoonful of lotus biscuit butter, <laughs> right, and a sprinkling of lotus biscuit crumbles. Oh, quite the lotus heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's very. That's uh, mm. there's a sugar problem there. We can all say let's, let's. So, the other day, I found myself in the neighbourhood of the Froyo store and I went in and I ordered my signature Froyo. <laughs> signature? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And did they say do, something? Well, they didn't, but do you think? Yes. After I left, they were like, that's I him. think that's, that's him. him. That's that him. That must be him. Of course they did. Because I think that combination is so sickly sweet Mm-mm. that nobody else is ordering You know it. what they call you? What? Lotus guy. For sure, for sure, 100%. But don't you think they, they'd be going, do you, do you think that was Lotus Guy? <laughs> like, what do you think their mental image of me is? <laughs> Probably somebody who would have to be, be cut out of the house. Yeah, they're surprised you you able to leave your house. Yeah. <laughs> like, but it can't be, it can't be, because he just walked in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't need to remove the door first. <laughs> Of course they knew you were the latest guy. Of course. Wow. Oh, they, that, that would have made their day that you came in. They were like, they could finally put the face to the order. Love that. I just don't know how it couldn't be a disappointment, though. No, they would have loved it. No. This was like, Annabelle was just telling me, I don't know if you'd read a list or you'd seen, a, uh, you'd heard a list of the, the greatest single podcast episodes of all time. Mm. And then you listened to the number one and, and you thought... I thought it was great. But it wasn't the best I've ever heard. I'm telling you, if somebody says this is the greatest of all time before anything, it doesn't matter what it is, Mm. be it like Casablanca, Goodfellas, (laughs) Abbey Road, whatever it is, if Mm. somebody sits you down and says you are about to experience the greatest of all time, Mm, mm, mm. you will never think it is. Expectations too high. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that is... This this persona of Lotus, Lotus guy. guy that I've created in their minds, <laughs> I can't live up to it. Oh, I no. can't live up to it. Maybe I should um, hire an extra to play Lotus guy. Yes, uh, yeah. How would he dress? I don't know. Maybe we should get listeners to send in uh, send in drawings of uh, what, you know what. <laughs> We're all thinking a lot of beige, aren't we? He'd all be in beige, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, do do send in your composite drawing. I'm seeing a roll neck as well, but anyway. Mm. Mm. So you think I, I'm thinking <laughs> a bit like when the the police, you know, when somebody's on the run, and the police have got a description, and then they make like an identikit mm. drawing of him. Mm, mm. We need one of those of Lotus Guy. Yeah. Okay. It's uh, hello at adriftpodcast.com. Annabelle. Mm. Just a little nice little swig of water Thank then, you. Yeah, yeah. I don't want, I don't want to dry my mouth. I know it's uh, it's, it's nice, isn't it, water? Mm. A lot. Oh, it's refreshing. I absolutely love it. Mm. Mm. When I was a kid, I said this before, I had a cousin, Rachel, yeah. and she drank water. And the reason I bring that up is it was so strange that it's notable that I remember it. Mm. No kids drank water. Oh, right. Everyone just had squash. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was yeah. it was worthy of comment that she liked water. And yet kids all just they all like carry around bottles of water the whole day. Don't everyone, they? everyone. Are we all so much healthier now? Like yeah. what's what's I don't think I ever change. saw either of my parents drink a glass of water. Still haven't. Yeah. <laughs> they still haven't done. They see the coffee or that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. Stories from yeah. listeners. This is from James. I've been putting off sending this story to you mainly to allow enough time to have elapsed, but also I feel oddly compelled to give something back, having listened to each podcast but contributed nothing. More importantly, though, that's the spirit. I know, I love that, James. More importantly, though, I have moved house since this event, and therefore it now feels safe to talk about. To set the scene, I lived in a nice market town, but on a busy road. Like most drifters, I exchanged pleasantries with my immediate neighbours, but no more. Although there was an awkward event on the day we moved in. I'm gay and my partner is a man. And my new neighbour popped round with some cupcakes and a bottle of wine and said, Hello, my name is Tom. My daughter's a lesbian too. Firstly, I'm a guy, as is my partner, so we definitely aren't lesbians. Secondly, how did he know so confidently that we weren't brothers or friends? Suspecting his wife had sent him round to be nice, my other half thanked him and made small talk whilst I awkwardly stood and stared into space. I had never spoken to any of the other neighbours in the three years I'd lived there, but I'd seen them hundreds of times, usually staring at the pavement to avoid small talk about the weather. I figured they were also drifters as they made no effort to engage with me. In equal measure to this, though, I was also convinced that I'd annoyed them inadvertently at some point and they were still angry with me. <laughs> Either way, it had been a few this years. This is such a kindred spirit. I'm <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Either way, it had been a few years and it was far too awkward to make an introduction now. So to the story. I had two dogs, Labradors, and during my regular evening walk, I noticed that posters for a black and white cat that had gone missing were plastered over lampposts and bins. The posters were literally everywhere and offered a reward for finding the cat. They obviously loved their cat dearly, and my immediate reaction was to feel sorry for them. But something was bothering me. I recognised this cat. It bothered me for a day or so, but then, working from home, I saw the cat in my back garden from my desk. I froze and thought about being the hero, capturing the cat and returning it to its worried owners. I immediately dismissed the idea on the grounds that it would be a disaster. And there are a lot of black and white cats. Like, How can I be sure that it was the right one? I didn't want to kidnap a cat, hold it hostage and then return it to the wrong owner. Before I could do anything, it disappeared and I was secretly relieved. That night, however, I opened the side gate to take the dogs out and there it was. The missing cat was back. I'm not sure what came over me, but I decided to try and catch it so I could reunite it with its owners. Obviously, it knew this was coming and it ran away down the drive towards the main road that I lived on. Uh... Panicked now that I'd be responsible for the death of a missing cat, I followed it, running into the middle of the road and gesturing so it stayed on the pavement, literally putting myself in the path of oncoming Uh... lorries for the cat. I don't think the cat understood sign language, but it did stay on the pavement and darted down my next door but one neighbour's drive. I don't know what came over me. Perhaps it was adrenaline or the thought of finally being the hero, but I gave chase down the drive and managed to get one hand on the cat before it slipped over the fence and escaped. (sighs) Then there I was, stood catless on someone else's drive. This was not a comfortable situation. I carefully walked back down the drive, thinking that I could perhaps send a text message letting them know that I'd seen their missing cat. But before I got to the road, I heard a guy shoot, Oi, can I help you? I froze again. It was the owner of the house and my neighbour I'd seen many, many times but never spoken to. 
I thought I'd just be honest and clearly and confidently articulate that I was just doing a good deed and trying to return a missing cat to its owner. Instead, a jumble of words came out and I just said, missing poster cat, and pointed over his fence. He then said, huh? I saw you trying to grab my cat, pointing at his door. At this point, it turns out that his doorbell camera had caught me on video trying to steal his cat. I was mortified and went bright red. Determined to prove that I was not a weird cat thief, I protested that I'd seen the posters, one of which was on the bin opposite the drive. At that point, he'd managed to work out what I was saying and apologised. The poster was indeed of his own cat, which had transpired, had returned home of its own accord a couple of days later. He simply hadn't gotten round to taking the posters down. Inside, I was livid. Who leaves missing cat posters up for a cat that isn't missing? Instead of agreeing that he should take them down, I said nothing and walked off muttering bye. I would add, I definitely didn't ask for the reward either. In summary, while trying to do a good deed, I'd inadvertently chased a much-loved family cat onto a main road before being recorded by its owners trying to steal it. Needless to say, we never spoke again and I've never tried to reunite a missing pet with its owner since. Oh, that was wonderful. Yes. Uh, and I've got a few more of the um, these unintentional thoughts, the things that pop into your head. Oh, yes. On yes, certain yeah. occasions. The first one's from Laura. She says, this happens when there's a lulling conversation and I always think the words, at school today, without fail. The problem is it's been 11 years since I went to school, so I can't possibly think of a conversation that begins with, at school today. <laughs> I think this is how I feel conversation lulls as a child and it's just stuck around. Will it still be there when I'm 50, 80? <laughs> I hope not. And Sally says, there's a house around the corner from me. And every time I walk past it, I think about Star Wars. Or more accurately, I think about the cantina scene from Star Wars Episode 1. This is because I was listening to... Do you mean Episode 1 or do you mean Episode 4? I can't answer that. Okay, okay. This is because I was listening to a podcast that mentioned that scene around four years ago as I was glancing at that house. And now now the two images are forever melded together in my mind. And number two, there was a cupboard in my old kitchen that I fitted on the same day that I went to see the film Hot Fuzz at the cinema. Every time I opened that cupboard from that day on, I pictured Simon Pegg. When we moved house, it was quite a relief to stop thinking about Simon Pegg every morning when I got the cereal out. Although now, when I catch him on TV, I always think of that bloody cupboard. Just got a couple of the rituals. I think I was talking about some rituals. Sorry, did you want to say something? No, no, just just, just before you get onto that, that, that sort of reminded me um, of, okay, this is convoluted, but whenever... Uh, I think whenever I see a rose bush, <laughs> I think of Julian Cope. What? Why? I read some interview where <laughs> with Julian Cope in about 1991 or something, where he was talking about his dad being very repressed, and something was happening. His dad was out in the garden, like pruning his roses. <clears throat> And I don't know if like something sexual was mentioned or there was like some like just uncomfortable thing. And rather than address it, um, Julian Cope's dad looked up at the sky and said, oh, look, there's Concord. So whenever I think of a rose bush or see a rose bush, I think of Julian Cope's dad saying, oh, look, there's Con- Concord. Wow. Yeah. That is a weird it's, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So remember. weird. So weird. Oh, God. I've got honestly hundreds of these, and yeah, they're, they're yeah. so frequent that I keep forgetting to uh, make a note of them. Oh, wow. But then that just reminded me of that one: rose bushes. Oh, look, there's Concord. Mm. What? <laughs> but I also love that that his dad was so buttoned up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was there Concord, or is he making it up? No, no. It's just right, right. Like looking at the sky, just to, to like wow. just just change the subject. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yes, a couple of uh, rituals from mm. Sally. When making a sandwich, the bread must be the right way up on the chopping board as I'm buttering the slices so that the top edge of the crust, the top of the crust, is furthest away from me. Anything else would be madness. I assume that everyone thinks it's so. Yeah. Absolutely. How would you feel if you accidentally made, a uh, say, a cheese and tomato sandwich? Yeah Where the tomato was underneath the cheese instead of on top of it? Would you have to flip it over and bite it? So the tomato was sitting atop the cheese. God, it's never happened. Yes, I yeah. would. Yeah, because you couldn't, you couldn't have the tomato on the bottom. Absolutely not. No. No, no. Wow, no. <laughs> 
Uh, and she says, also bread related, I have a four slice toaster, but will only use the first two slots, the two left hand side ones, when making two slices of toast because those are first in line. Yes, she's right. Is there a, a a hob on your stove that never gets used? Do you have a favourite hob? Oh yeah, so, do you know what, what are they called? Not, not called a hob, are they? You know, those I they circles. Are called hobs, aren't they? Okay, they are then. Burners. <laughs> I don't know. I'll yeah. tell you. Um, you know who Alan? Well, you know who Alan Cochran is. He's mm. on the Frank Skinner show on um on the radio, and he has a great bit. I don't even know if it was in his stand up, but he did a Radio Four program um about his house. And it was really good. It was sort of stand-up show. And he talked about that. It's the first time I ever heard anybody say it. Oh, lovely. And it's so true. Yeah, yeah. I've got favourites for different things. And there's one that I I honestly think that in 10 years I've never used it. (laughs) Honestly, never used it. Are they different in any way? There's there's two big, two small. Right, right, right. So is it the... No, there's one. I won't bore you. There's two medium, one big, one small. And I don't use one of the mediums. Interesting. I don't think it's ever been turned on to so my So what do you use the pathetic little small one for? I, use, I probably use that the most. For what? I don't, this is getting boring. Oh my, no, this is just so like you. With your little, <laughs> little, tiny. Oh, oh, here I am being a miser with my tiny little gas burner. Are you for all oh. sauces? Okay, for all sauces I use small. Rice goes medium, pasta goes large. Don't really cook anything else. So you say all sauces small? Yeah. I don't want to go crazy. Burn the sauce. Mm. Anyway. Okay, sorry. That's, that's that. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> uh, I was so interested in that. I forgot we were. Uh, forget we threw it. Well, I, I mean, I just love that. I love all those things, like rituals mm-hmm. and the weird associations you have with stuff. So, more of those, please, as well as um, stories of accidentally appearing to steal somebody's cat or any other awkward interaction with neighbours or otherwise. It's hello at adriftpodcast dot com. <laughs> Let's have another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult. Okay, so I went to visit my parents last week. I know them. You do. And they said, don't come before 11am as we've got our friend Paul staying and we're going out for breakfast before he heads off as he's got a ferry to catch. So I arrived just after 11 and when I get there, I'm a bit thrown because they are back home, but Paul is still there and I thought he'd be gone. And I'm a bit thrown as I hadn't written my small talk script. <gasps> and I've said before that I mentally script and rehearse a huge amount of social yes. interactions before they happen. Yes. It's all written in my head. Yeah. Once it involves small talk, but also when I need to explain something or ask a question because yes. I'm determined to be concise as possible. So I mentally write and edit until I get it down to the smallest number of words possible. And then I rehearse and then I guess I perform. Yeah. So because I'm not expecting to see him, I find myself without a script. And adding to my rising panic is that I can't remember if I've met him before because it's a friend my parents made since I left home and he doesn't live in the area. So I don't know whether to say nice to finally meet you or lovely to see you again. And all this is rushing around my brain while I'm standing face to face with Paul. And I end up blurting out, I don't think we've met before, have we? Oh, no. And of course we have. The worst. Which he tells me very nicely. He says it in the best possible way because he says, I think we did, keeping it vague, years ago, a mm. long time ago. That's the best way to yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, can, I only just about remember, so you probably don't kind of, yeah, the best way you can possibly tell someone they're wrong. And I'm in full panic mode. And then I notice something different about the room. And there's a framed tapestry of a bird propped up on a chair. And it looks like a magpie. So I do another massive blur. And I say, with perhaps more horror than I intended, oh, no, one magpie. <laughs> so I've also mentioned before that I'm highly superstitious about magpies. Because as we all know, one is for sorrow. But if you salute it somehow, don't ask me how, it cancels out the impending sorrow. How, how does it extend to magpies rendered in tapestry though embroidered oh, oh you oh you you think they had to be real do you so you oh, so the me. image the image is not even just magpies it, it's, if i saw one in a book on tv oh, Annabelle. that counts oh, yeah. i know it's insane i'm not i'm not saying this is sane don't yeah, worry about it you're not well no probably the most exercise my right arm ever gets is saluting if i see a magpie particularly at the moment there's loads around at the moment i truly believe i've perfected one thing in life though this would be the only thing. It would be saluting a magpie in public, but it not being immediately obvious to those around me. Yes. That's what I'm doing. It's kind of, I kind of absentmindedly touch my forehead and brush a few strands of hair away. I have a few little things like that, <laughs> which I'm not willing to go into at this, <laughs> at this moment in time. 
<laughs> so now I'm saying, not only like, oh no, one magpie, I'm saying, oh, it's bad luck. Oh, one magpie, oh no. <laughs> I think I'm compensating for like this anxiety I've got. And I can see that my dad out the corner of my eyes looking very uncomfortable. And then he rushes to interrupt me with, oh, Paul's wife made that and they've very kindly given it to us which would be uncomfortable enough with all my over-the-top horror about this tapestry. But add to this that Paul's wife passed away very, oh, no. very I knew recently. That, I knew that was coming. Oh, God. oh God. Annabelle. Can you imagine the kind of recovery work I was now trying to do? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's okay. I've saluted it now. Like Paul's a, Paul's a bit taken back by it all and just saying quietly that actually it's not a magpie but a lark. Like, how did I mistake a lark for a magpie? Well, I'll tell you why, because it was a black and white lark. How am I supposed to know? And I'm saying, well, it's, well, it's very, it's very lovely. You know, he was just saying it was a lark to placate you because he was so disturbed <laughs> oh, by what don't. was on Folding, <laughs> like you were to a child. <laughs> yeah, trying to calm oh, me down. Oh, that's not a magpie. No, that's a different. It's, it's a special bad, kind of bird. Bad luck. Yeah. I mean, it was really, it was really lovely. Like I'm not a tapestry person. The only one I know is the Bayo one. Mm, I think mm. I said that weirdly. Then Bayo, Bayo, Bayo. That's it. But I can, you know, I can see it's beautiful. Anyway, Paul left very shortly afterwards, which I'm very sure was because of having to catch that ferry. Very sure. What are the chances? Hmm. Of Paul ever hearing that? Oh, God. Low, surely. But high enough that you felt the need to say how beautiful it was, just in case. Oh, right. It was, it was really nice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, honestly, it was really nice. <laughs> what if he heard it? He might hear it. <laughs> you know, honestly, it is, it is really no, nice. No, no, I can tell by your face that you mean that. Yeah. points of my year earlier today oh yeah what happened sitting on my sofa in my front room mm-hmm. minding my own business mm-hmm. having a look at the social meds mm-hmm. what pops up what trailer for the new beatles multi-part film oh. made by peter jackson that's going to be on disney's streaming service across three days at the end of november is something you're interested in at all? Is it? Something you're excited about? It is what I'm. It is. It, I think was it on this podcast the other week? I was saying all you need is something to live for, and I feel so strongly that thing about this this Beatles documentary that my initial reaction was, oh god, I wish I could be cryogenically frozen until the 25th of November so that I wouldn't have to wait because the waiting is killing me. No, that's a long way away. But there is one thing that prevents me, I mean, finances aside, from from going into the cryogenic freezing chamber until then. What's that? The new series of Succession starts on Monday. Yes. I love it so much. Mm. Do you not love it that much? I do. I love it. I do love it. Okay. If somebody says to me, I really like that, and I go, hmm, it's because I don't like it, but I don't want to upset that person by not liking the same thing as them. I think I was just expressing that I know how... Oh, right, 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 right. I know how excited you are about it and that you love it and that Mm. you're counting the days. Well, I am, and um, and I've got some news. What is it? I don't know if you're going to like it. Oh. Because I, I think you will feel... I don't know if jealous is the right word. Yeah, go on. Sarah mm. called me. She was away. She didn't just like call me from another room right. on the intercom. Um, called me the other day and she said, I've got an idea. I said, what is it? She said, I think we should do a succession podcast. So we're going to. Brilliant. So we're going to do it um, 
so it comes out after after the episode's been on telly here in the UK on Monday evening. It'll be available, and I'd really like it if if you're not interested in Succession, you don't watch it, don't download it. it won't be it won't be interesting to you. No, not at all. However, it is most of what I have thought about. I've just done my third rewatch of the entire series oh, really? somewhat recently, and I just love thinking about it so much. I think it's one of the best things that have ever been on telly. I think that it is. Brilliant drama. I think it's funnier than most comedies. Mm. I think there's the psychodynamics of families and of people and and greed and how flawed people are and um, and how sort of funny and, and strange people are is all in that show. Plus, there's all this kind of opulence. They 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 live in this billionaire world, which they I think do a perfect job of recreating. I. I it's it's almost like Shakespearean the uh, the maneuvers. Uh, it's just fantastic, and I love thinking about it. And it's a lot of what me and Sarah talk about anyway. Oh right! So wow. we thought, then why not talk about it into a microphone and share it with the world? The world needs to hear what we've got to say about the Roy's. What's it called? Ready for this? Yep, I'm ready. Fire crotch and normcore. Oh, what's remind me what that's? Well, you see, it's a, it's a little obscure reference. Yeah, it might be too obscure. For <laughs> willfully, willfully so. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, it's a, it's an insult Roman in one episode uh, uses to call Shiv and Tom. He refers to Shiv and Tom as Firecrutch and Normcore. Yeah, okay. So I have been in touch with our friend uh, Kim Rainey. Oh, these are the these are the mock-ups. Oh, of the amazing, artwork. amazing. So. <laughs> You you won't uh, if if you look this up on um, on your podcast app you won't even see this artwork yet. This isn't quite finished. We've just got a placeholder there at the minute. But I would love it if you subscribe to it. If you like Succession, I think it'll be good. You know, it won't be like one of these official podcasts where you get access to the cast and directors and inside the episode. It'll just be me and Sarah like obsessing about it and, mm. and talking about it. There's so many. I mean, I have so many questions. Great, that's brilliant. Like, where's Marsha's son gone? Mm. She had this creepy son who we saw at the end of series one. I haven't seen him since. What's he up to? Mm, so many questions. Where does Logan get his cardigans from? <laughs> That's a big one, yeah. I want one. This is the this is the kind of stuff I'm sure we'll be getting into. So love it if you uh if you listen to it, if you're into your, your succession, I'd love it if you subscribe to it because you know how it is with podcasts. Like uh, when we started this, you need people to find it at the beginning Mm-mm. and and subscribe to it and, and give it um, five star ratings and glowing reviews. Yeah, just to get it noticeable in the charts on the different podcast apps and stuff. So once again, it is called Fire Crotch and Normcore, a succession companion podcast. And uh, I think we'll probably do like a little sneaky, trailery, previewy episode at the end of this week. But then there'll be a, a, an episode there for you after it's been on the telly here in the UK on Monday evening. Great. So, so that's that. Okay. How are you feeling, jealousy wise? I'm okay about it. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm dealing with it pretty well. Do you think I should try and recreate Kendall's rap about his dad? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, undoubtedly, yeah. When I recommended that show to Annabelle, mm. which I did repeatedly, mm. it was almost entirely so that you could see, I wanted you to see that scene so I could ask you what you thought of it I knew you'd love it so much. I did love it, you were right. Um, so that's that. Fire Crotch and Normcore coming to your uh, your podcast player. Probably, I, I want to say we'll have a preview out maybe late Friday or something and then the first episode will be on Monday. Now, two things. Mm-hmm. Number one, my son and I were getting a train back from um, where my dad lives in Prestatin the other day. I had reserved seats at a table. Mm-hmm. The seats, as it turned out, were one on one side of the table, one on the other. When we got on the train, it was extremely crowded and there were people sitting in both of those seats. Mm-hmm. Okay? Right. Here's the complication. Mm. Think, people opposite a table, it's a table for four. Mm -hmm. There's one couple on one side of the table Mm -hmm. and then another couple, not with the first couple, on the other side of the table. Right. So in other words, 
a member of one couple has one of our seats. A member of the other oh, couple right, has right. the other of our seats. That is so complicated. What do you do? Obviously nothing. But it's difficult got a, when you've got a child Yeah, with so I've got a child yeah. with me, so I, I have this boldness that I don't usually have. I'd, be, I'd maybe say, oh, okay, maybe I would say, those are reserved seats. Do you mind if my son sits in one of them? I don't mind standing up. Oh, you see, I, I do mind standing I'm older than you are, though. It's, <laughs> so, what did you do then? So... I went. I went to the table and said, "Oh, excuse me. I think these these are our seats." At which point, both couples looked up and said, "Oh, which, which are our seats?" Mm. And then I just point, uh, "Which are your seats?" And I just um, pointed at the couple I like the look of oh, the least and said, no, oh, it's these ones actually." No, yeah. really. But how did you make that judgment? Do you, were you aware of what you? Well, decided? I am actually. So it's not good. Yeah. Okay. You don't want to say. Or... Slightly sour faces. Yeah. And the. Other couple were sort of quite young and trendy looking. And right. I, wanted to, I wanted the trendy people to think I was nice. <laughs> people who like life might have dealt them a bit of a blow recently are looking a bit yeah. sour and bitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can stand yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Right. No. It was no. It was the look of annoyance at the thought they might have to give the, give their child up to a child, uh, give their chair up to a child. Okay, you picked up on that. As yeah, well. yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Right. I can smell that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, and then the other thing is, so. You'll notice on the uh, the artwork for Fire Crutch and Normcore, mm. I'm wearing a, a polo necked woolly jumper, cable knit mm. jumper. I don't own such a thing, so I went shopping the other day. I think I can say the shop because it doesn't reflect on them in in uh, poorly at all. Do you know this shop Uniqlo? Yes, which feels like it's a shop from the future to me. Still, it's been around for a long time now, but. Is it Japanese? Japanese, Japanese yeah. So I always feel like there's something going on with the clothes where they're like made out of some futuristic fabric or something. They even. are. But even if it's a woolly jumper, I've just got it in my head and buying clothes from the future. Because they're Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I go in there and I'm looking for a jumper, right? Mm-hmm. As I'm doing so, I'm aware that there's a security guard somewhat close to me and I can hear on his walkie-talkie the person presumably in the room with all the screens connected to the CCTV monitors. And he's saying, yeah, the man with the paper bag, just keep an eye on him. And that's me. What? Why? Why are you I don't that? know. I, I don't know. Why are you suspicious? I don't know. Wow. You can't think of anything. No. I mean, all I was doing was... Shoplifting. <laughs> Wow. I would take that. I'd be offended. Well, at first I was slightly, and then I thought I must look like a real bad boy. <laughs> Compliment. Cool. Compliment. Because it's really cool to shoplift. I bet those trendy young people on the table would have thought it was extra cool if they knew yeah. the, the feds were after me. <laughs> if you Keep an eye bandit. on me. Yeah, yeah. that's me. Quandary Corner at the Black Clinic here in Problematic Annabelle. Anon says, mm. my job involves lots of talking to people and appearing to be socially normal. I do this quite well, so no one really knows I'm a misanthropic loner. I have a 30-minute break and I relish the chance to sit alone drinking a brew. My worst nightmare is having to sit with someone else from work while they are having their break. One of my very chatty colleagues keeps inviting themselves to sit with me on my break. It's ruining my day. How do I tell them that? It's nothing personal, but I just want to be alone at break time. They don't seem to be picking up on any hints, but then I'm not great at hinting. This is tough. I mean, I've already revealed myself to be bad at this Mm. with the story about the waiting room. Yes. But I mean, it sounds like hell. Oh, God. I honestly don't know if there's any way out. I would go and sit on a wall outside or something, even if it would get a cagoule and go and sit in the rain. Is there an option? So I'm thinking you need to be distracted by something else in a way that shows you're unable to talk. So, for example, you could pretend for the whole half an hour. This wouldn't take much too much effort to be on hold to your bank and occasionally you have to go. Every your... day. <laughs> yeah. You've got a lot of banking issues going on. Yeah, you're right. Every day. No, nothing. There's nothing you can do apart from tell them. 
How long has this been going? <laughs> Excuse me. How long? Did they it... just say recently. Because the trouble is, once you're in it, how do you ever get out of it? As as we demonst- you demonstrated earlier, I just don't. I just don't know. Because you've you, you've given given a strong message that it's fine. You know, unless you started engaging in some kind of obnoxious behaviour. So is there something hygiene-wise you. you could be doing? Oh, is it is it in any way possible to say to them, "I don't want to talk"? No. No. I think you just have to go out. Then you're right. Go out in the rain. Go out for a walk. Start, just start going out for a walk. Yeah. I honestly can't think of anything else. It's it's an awful situation. I mean, change your shifts, change your job, change your life. I often think witness protection program is a good answer for most of these. But you'd need to witness something to get put in it, wouldn't you? Yeah. But if you're out for a walk, you never know what you might see. One could lead to another. <laughs> well, there you go. Go for a walk. I, I, I genuinely I mean, I, this is one of these we get every now and again where I would appreciate something back from fellow drifters. Mm, because yeah, we're stumped on this one, completely stumped. I think you can nip this stuff in the bud early on. How? By being a bit grunty, a like book, making it obvious. A book. Oh, this isn't a terrible idea. Why don't you start? This is something that could be done now. Start bringing a book in saying, oh, I'm obsessed by this book at the moment. I have to finish it. No, no, get a better idea because then they'll think, well, why haven't you finished it the next day? Right, go on. Open university course. <gasps> Pretend you're yes! doing an open university course. Yes. And uh, and that you're doing coursework. Just print out a load of things. Is, Make yeah. it something, tr- try and make sure it's something that they have no mm-hmm. interest or expertise in. Because it'd be awful if you printed out a load of, a beautiful mind style algebra Mm-mm. and then they wanted to talk about it and solve it. I've been waiting for the day where the answer is fake and open university course <laughs> and we finally arrived yeah, and okay. I'm very, very happy. Great. That's the perfect solution. Next one's from Paul. I work as a self-employed gardener and during my first time with a very nice elderly couple who live on a big farm, I was asked by the wife if I'd like a cup of tea to which I replied, I'd love one. And she asked how I take it. Black, no sugar, said I, and everything was fine. I'd obviously fared well because they asked me back again. And this time, same as before, around halfway through, I was asked by the wife if I'd like a cup of tea, to which I replied, yes, please. And 10 minutes later, out she came with said cup of tea. This time, however, she'd put milk in it, a lot by the looks of things. Now, I should have said something immediately. I really don't like milk in my tea, but being the drifter I am, I didn't, as that could have led to social awkwardness. The tea also contained a hefty dose of sugar too. My question is, I've now been working for this couple. <laughs> I've now been working for this couple for about eight years and getting a milky, sugary cup of tea every time. Is it too late to say anything? I would have invent. A recent trip to the doctor where they told told you you've become lactose intolerant, oh. and I don't know that that your blood something to do with your sugar is bad, and you need to cut down. You've once again come up with the perfect answer. Thank that's, you. That's the after eight years, which yeah. is an extraordinary length of time to part with this. So they the say, "How are you? Answer. Do you want a cup of tea?" You say, "Well, yes, funny you should but, ask how I am." But yeah, you know, you, I've had a I've had a funny old time of it. Hmm. Oh yeah, why is that? Went to the doctor. I've not been been feeling great. My, My stomach's been, been off. Yeah. They've been done some tests, mm. and somehow, at my time of life, mm. I've become completely intolerant to lactose. I can't ever drink milk again. Role playing this here, I've got lacto free milk. I'll, d- I'll give you that in your tea. Probably not, but yeah. Okay, <laughs> it's possible. You might end up like some Marvel. What was Marvel? Is that like powdered milk? That yeah. it's... could say to that, you know what? I've just got used to having it black, so I'm just yes. going to go Yeah, 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 yeah. I do think actually it'd be good to – you don't want to embarrass them by making them feel that they've been making the wrong tea no. for eight years. Yeah. But there is a way to say, you know what? I've decided to have a little change in my life. Could I possibly have it black, no milk, no No, but sugar. if you blame it on the doctor mm, – Yeah, even better. This honestly, is it. Even better. And it's like you want their love. All mm. I want really is your mm. lovely cup of milky, yeah. sugary tea. Yeah, yeah. But the bloody doctor oh, trying to prevent oh. me from dying. Yes. Take it away, all my fun. Yeah. Well, I'm very happy with that. Great. Yes. Okay. Good. 
And that was our podcast. Thank you for listening. If you have a quandary for Quandary Corner, you can email us, hello at adriftpodcast.com. It is the same email address. If you want to tell us about little rituals that you have or the uh, those those associations that you can't shake off. If you've got any words to fly Annabelle with those magpies as well, beyond just regular superstition. Mm-hmm. Because that's the difference. Mm-hmm. It's, it's now that it's become pictures and images of magpies. That's, that's... I didn't realise that wasn't normal, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Anyway, as, as well as the usual stories, it's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music. Kim Rainey designed our artwork. Salute Kim, as ever. Um, and uh, Carla Gowlett took photos. And, uh, of, of course, just three words to end with this week. Missing. Poster. Cat. Okay, this comes from mum, brother, and the cat. Who's mum? Who's brother? Who's cat? You'll find out in a second if it's you. It starts with, hello, Jeff and Annabelle. Hello. Hello. Uh, then you've uh, crossed out a compliment, but the, the, this uh, mum does say, I do look forward to listening to the podcast every Wednesday and then in brackets or Thursday if Jeff's had dinner plans. I <laughs> just want to point out that this week, this is not my doing. It's my doing, yes. Not dinner plans though, but anyway. Um, so here we go. You're about to find out if it's you or not. If you don't have a brother, a cat or a mother or any, you know, any of those three things, any one or combination of those things. Uh, you'll know it's not you. If you do, keep listening. It might just be. I would like to do a podication, please, for my daughter, Miss Sophie Anna Margaret Adams, to give her her full Sunday name. Sophie will turn 14 on the 13th of October 2021, which is today, although by the time you hear this, Sophie, it might be tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Sorry, yesterday. It could, um, it could never be... No, it's definitely tomorrow, not yesterday. Yes, exactly. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If we were Benjamin Buttoning, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Um, I've always hoped that my drifterishness would not rub off on Sophie. But God love her, she is a drifter through and through. Sophie's a wonderful daughter. She's very caring and hardworking. She is excelling at her subjects at school, although, like her mum, she finds some of the social interactions quite, frankly, exhausting. She takes care of the other kids at school who are having a tough time and she is watched out for by her brother, who joined high school this year. I'm not great at the emotional stuff, but I would be grateful if you could tell Sophie that I love her and I'm proud of her and I know she will go on to do amazing things. Even though that that sentence was less moving than some of the ones when when people really kind of there's a bit of an outpouring, mm. you may have heard me nearly go there because there's something about the fact that Lucy isn't usually emotional and doesn't mm. doesn't do this stuff that she wanted to say that to to Sophie that is getting me a little bit choked up, but may well be making Sophie wish that the earth would open oh. up and swallow her. I don't know. I don't know. Um. I think it's lovely, though, and I hope you do, Sophie. And and if you don't, then one day you will. As inconceivable as that might feel now as you listen to this in embarrassment. Uh, Being a drifter and feeling anxious can sometimes push us to do even better, and I believe in her abilities. She's just recently started to take more notice of my podcast, and her and her brother often refer to my friends (laughs) on the podcast I listen to. We used to say that, didn't we? We say your friends inside your radio. Um, love, Mum Lucy, Brother Nathan, and Zaza the cat, aka Zaza Gabor Adams. <laughs> love it when cats animals have like full surnames. Yeah, absolutely. 
I remember going to a hairdresser a couple of times in New York where they had a dog called Margot Fontaine. <laughs> Although I, t- I t- told you a story about my dog being beaten in a dog show by a dog called Huey Lewis, and I think it only won because it had a novelty name. That's not fair. I know. Anyway, uh, I really enjoyed that. Sophie. I like the sound of Sophie. Mm, me too. Love a teenage drifter. Mm. I think... Um, much rather that than the other kind. Oh, yeah, obviously. Yeah. I mean, the other kind of teenager, not the other kind of drifter. <laughs> the non-teenage ones. <laughs> All right, uh, Lucy, thank you for that. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Sophie, I hope you had a marvellous day yesterday or whenever it was that you hear this. And if you would like a podication, email us. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com.